The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Six podcast here at the fountains at the Bellagio. Fountains are firing, and boys, that can only mean one thing. Ooh, what's that? Tuesdays with Brady. Oh, oh, gotta love it. Let's go. Love it. Let's go. Brady, Tyrone Quinn, Lige the Legend, Doosable. Well, Brenton, all right, let's get to it, boys. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best intro. It really was. Great intro. I should have seen that coming. Out. <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Hang it up. Good stands on it. All right, here we go. We're talking We're talking to edges in terms of coaches, players on both sides, Super Bowl 58, Kansas City Chiefs. Who are they playing? The uh, San Francisco there it is. You had to think about that for a second. <laughs> that was All right, let's get right into it. So, coaches Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan, of course, and Brenton, we have a bit that we've done for years on the Pick 6 Podcast. You want to do the dance or should we just say the words? The Andy Reid, off the bye. Andy Reid, off the bye. <laughs> and you get a bye in the Super Bowl, don't you, Brady? Yeah. You do. I mean, sort of. Kind yeah. of a bye, right? Yeah, kind of. I guess that's how we'd call it that. But both teams get a bye, so it's a little more equal. The Chiefs got an extra bye with that Ravens offense. Am I right? Oh, so well, the, well, the interesting thing about that, yeah. right, because people always make a, a big fuss about Andy Reid off the bye, I believe he's 28-3. and three. But let's not forget, in games where he's off the bye, but the other team is off the bye, he's 3-3. Three and three. That's right. Uh, so that's something to think about. Playing field. And he hasn't been yeah. very good against the spread recently yeah. off the bye either, which is kind of – But they're good as an underdog. So let's yeah. just keep throwing out ways. We'll just contradict each other the entire show. All right, we'll take it a step further. Pat Mahomes <laughs> off the bye. Right. <laughs> if we're giving an edge, let's just not talk about from the rest standpoint, just from the experience standpoint. Yeah. You know, Andy Reid's been here before. I, I saw someone talk about this earlier. I don't know if it was one of you guys who tweeted it out, but, like, is Kyle Shanahan at the Andy Reid phase when he was in Philly mm. as far as getting to the Super Bowls, not able to win it yet? I like that. I, I think the difference, too, though, when you incorporate Andy Reid as part of, you know, the edge and all this, you have to include Steve Spagnuolo. He's been phenomenal on this stage as a defensive coordinator. And obviously, that's that's part of how we're talking about Andy Reid. It's the staff, too, and that edge that I think the staff has in Kansas City over the San Francisco 49ers. But I do think it's close. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's really? been as good as anyone offensively as far as putting up plays and so forth um, to make some hay. So I think it's a little closer than people realize. Well, and I think, too, that with Andy Reid, and I've talked about this, uh, you know, sort of comparing him to Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson won his first major, and then they started flying off the shelves, right? Yeah. Like he started winning. They become, the pressure is relieved. It's a lot easier to win. And I think Kyle Shanahan is dealing with that pressure that Andy Reid was facing, you know, before he actually broke through and won one with Patrick Mahomes. And the reality is there's no there's more pressure on Kyle Shanahan than anyone else oh, in this sure. entire game when it comes on Sunday. Having said that, I still think that 
Kyle Shanahan is probably getting a bad rap when it comes to people saying, oh, he can't win the big one. I mean, he's gotten to the big one several times. Right. We'll, we'll find out in a second. And by the way, this segment brought to you by America's Navy. Shout out to, to our servicemen and women all over the globe. Oh, yeah. uh, Legion, let me ask you this. And, and Brady mentioned Steve Spagnuolo. One of the best defensive coordinators ever. Ooh, I mean, when you think about it, right, let's not forget what he did to that perfect team, yeah. New England Patriots, yeah, yeah. right, and how he was able to slow Tom Brady and Randy Moss and the rest of those guys down. So I would have to say he is one of those guys. I think it's something to be said when the players on your team are wearing in Spags We Trust t-shirts, right? <laughs> and I played in this defense my rookie year. It's a complicated defense, Brady. Like, there's a lot of mental strain on each player. And as defensive players, most of the time, we just want to play free and loose, right? We don't have to think a lot, but in this defense, Steve Spags, Nola makes you think. And I think it's something to be said for his players to play at the level that they're playing at when he's taxing them so much mentally. I, I think you can make the case that if Patrick Mahomes is the best thing to ever happen to Andy Reid, then Steve Spagnuolo going 10-38 and 38 with the Rams is the second best thing <laughs> to ever happen to Andy Reid. Yeah. Because, because of that record, because of how poorly he did in, in St. Louis, he hasn't gotten looks as a retread possible, as a retread candidate for a head coaching yeah. position. And that means he's sticking around and, and really allowing this defense to flourish. I would just say this. He has has to be breathing somewhat of a sigh of relief in the sense of not having to deal with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Yep. You know, the dual threat ability, the way they had to go about designing ways to keep not only one spy, but sometimes two spies out there to try to keep him within the pocket, force him to throw the football. Different challenge this week, though, because then you have the Swiss Army Knights like Debo, oh, yeah. like Christian McCaffrey, like Kyle Juszczyk, so many players who could do so many different things. So, different challenge, but you know Steve Spagnuolo will have his Rolodex of blitzes, his disguise of coverages and things that he wants to do. Yep to try to take, uh, really, some of those players out, out of the game. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be Ayuk or if it's going to be Kittle, or whatever it is. Usually they're trying to eliminate someone within that pass game. Yeah, and that's the chess matchup, right, between Steve Spagnuolo and Kyle Shanahan, because Kyle Shanahan is one of the best at pre-stat motion, right? And you talked about Steve Spagnuolo. Exotic blitzes show you this way, come this way, will travel to Jerry Sneed, but will he do that this week with so much pre-snap motion? That is something to watch in this game. So, uh, Andy Reid has 25 playoff wins, only six behind Bill Belichick, Brady, yeah, that's crazy. If, he, if he wins this game, where are we placing him among the pantheon of greatest coaches of all time? He's up there. He's still not, obviously, at Bill Belichick's level, probably not Chuck Noll and some of those you throw Ooh. in that conversation, but I, I think he's in that next group that you talk about who's got three Super Bowls and you look at, obviously, his track record of getting there. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that always stood out to me about Bill Belichick and the course of the Patriots is they went to nine. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's, it's ridiculous. They were there for what, 19 seasons together? Yeah, they they yeah. got nine they, Super Bowls? They could have gone eight, nine and it's hard enough to get to the playoffs, yeah. let alone get there and then make a run. Right. And, and the success that Andy Reid has had has been ridiculous so far with Kansas City, but his body of work is up there. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer, but also is one of the best. I, I think right now you would say he is a slam dunk top 10 coach of all time. And if he wins on Sunday, then I think you push him to the top five. I'm probably going to say something that nobody agrees with here. Here we go. I think if he wins this one, he has to be considered – if not the best head coach of all time, the second best head coach of all time. And I say this, right, because we always, like, people are so reactionary, the right? The greatest offensive head coach of all time. I'm, I'm talking about head coach, period, huh? right? Because, you know, and, and this is why I say that, right? When you look at his body of work, like you talked about, let's not forget, not only is he having the success that he had with Kansas City, six straight AFC championship games, what, four Super Bowls? Let's not forget when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. Great. He had a run of four straight NFC championship yeah. games right. and a Super Bowl appearance. Like, let's not forget when Bill Belichick was with the Browns, 
rounds, it didn't look good, right? He, he had a sub-500 record, so I always like to look at somebody's body of total work. For him to do it, not just at one team, Brady, but two. I, mean, I get I, you looking I, at me crazy. I, I, I get that. Saying. I get that, but come on. He's on it I mean, multiple I, places cause, cause at a high make, level. You can make a case for Joe Gibbs, who won three Super Bowls with three, three different quarterbacks. quarterbacks yeah. Yeah. Like, go give Joe Gibbs Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He would have probably gladly accepted that and be able to make that work, too. But nobody was trying to draft Patrick Mahomes until Andy Reid was. So well, you have to give him credit Well, we don't necessarily know someone else wasn't going to trade up, too, right? He got but would he have been Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, who he is right now? No, uh, no. Maybe, maybe not. We don't, we don't know that. But That's we also don't know if Tom Brady would be Tom Brady without Bill Belichick. So we can go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Right. We're never going to answer that question. Right. My, my whole point is, I think it becomes really difficult because of the different eras. You look at yeah. Chuck Noll, for example, who had so much success over those four Super Bowls. What, they have like 88 players? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, there's, 80, there's no, 80 players were like this. this yeah, of that, those four teams. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like nowadays, that's a year or two. Yeah, you there's so much turnover on your staff yeah. and on your roster. Every coach has had different challenges. There's no doubt, though, Andy Reid. I, I think, to your point, it would probably be considered top five, top four. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about Kyle Shanahan quickly here because we, we mentioned earlier that he has uh, struggled in the biggest moments. He's only 44 years old. Uh, no one on this side is 40, as it turns out. Uh, I'll leave it at that. But uh, he had the 28 to 3. He's higher than 40. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So here you see the largest bowling leads in the NFL. 28 to 3, the situation with the Falcons in 2016. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Hassel, our colleague, for calling uh, Matt Ryan, our colleague, a game manager. Oh, man. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah, uh, that was something else. And then in 2019, uh, blew the 20 to 10 lead against the Chiefs. The Chiefs came back strong in the fourth quarter and won that game. Yeah. That said, Brent, in the last two games, Brock Purdy has helped lead this team from comfort behind victories. Where are you? on Kyle Shanahan and the, the moniker that he might choke in the biggest. Well, I mean, here's the thing is, like, to give up the biggest leads in Super Bowl and the two, like, the, the two biggest leads coughed up in Super Bowl history. Yeah, that's right. You have to have the two biggest leads in Super Bowl history. Like, Ooh. you have to have those leads in order to give them up. And that means that Kyle Shanahan has done a tremendous job game planning his offenses for those big games. So, I don't know if it's so much a chokes in the big moment as things get a little snug. Let's call it what it is. Like yeah. the defense has to make some plays Correct. too at that yep. point. Yep. And, and on top of it, you know, look, I'm not going to take all the blame off in, in those collapses. Sometimes you got to play better complementary football. Correct. Sometimes you got to, to find a way of, you know, making the right decision. He wasn't even head coach for one of them, by the way. Right. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons. It's like he's not yeah. making all of that. So yeah. I, I don't really read too much into it. I mean, a lot. Uh, they're looking at this matchup, this specific game, this year. They're not worried about the past. And by the way, yeah. when you win. It's over. No, it's, it's over. That's right. Well, I look at it like this, right? Yeah, he struggled in those those two Super Bowls. Like you talked about, Brenton. One, he was just a coordinator, wasn't even the head coach. And if you go back to that 2020 Super Bowl versus the, the Kansas City Chiefs, let's not forget, they were up, like you said, 10 points, I believe, going into yep. the fourth quarter, only about eight minutes left. And they had an opportunity after Kansas City cut it to three, right? Raheem Mostert comes out, first down, runs five yards, then two passes after that. I think that's what a lot of people have questioned Kyle Sanahan, like the consistency in the run game, because everything is based off the run game. When you look at that 28 to three uh, uh, loss that they had, not 28, they were up 28 to three versus the Patriots, and then the Patriots came back. A lot of people were saying, "Why aren't you running the ball more in the second half?" So I think this game, we'll, we'll see a change I in regards so. to CMC, Christian McCaffrey, really featured in this the, game. The, the thing that would concern me though is the game planning for the first two playoff games that we've seen from them hasn't been very good. Yeah. They came out and it was too reliant on Debo Samuel. He gets hurt, the game plan falls apart, and then in the second week, you know, against the Lions, you come out and try and force Christian. 
Christian McCaffrey. And when you do get Debo involved, the offense really takes off. And All right. Look, oh, sorry, Purdy right. didn't play great, you know, down yeah. the stretch. He did it the second half, too. That, that was part of it. But I would say the last thing is the difference to me, too, is Andy Reid. Look at the second half of the AFC Championship game. People were like, oh, the Ravens shut them out. Well, KC also got more conservative. They started running the football yeah. more. They started to take more time off the clock when he tried to slow down the game. So maybe that's uh, Cal Shanahan takes one out of Andy Reid's playbook with how they play the second half if they do have a lead. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do a pick six pick. Give me a name. Which co- which uh, head coach are you taking? Uh, Andy Reid. Off the bye. Yeah, Andy Reid. For sure. Andy Reid. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, Browns rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Las Ooh. Vegas native, is going to join us right after this. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control-Alt-Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast here on CBS Sports HQ, live at the Bellagio. See the fountains there. Beautiful nighttime shot here, Super Bowl 58. Kansas City, San Francisco. Back with Brady Quinn, Lee J. Deusable. This segment is presented by America's Navy. We are joined by Las Vegas native, Cleveland Browns rookie quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And uh, guys, you don't know this, but Dorian Thompson-Robinson and I have something in common. What's what that? is that? Both born in Columbia, South Carolina. That's okay. right, baby. That is correct. And that's where it is. But wait, neither of you were Gamecocks, though. His mom was a Gamecock. Oh, your mom. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, she took the she took that one for me. I, yeah, I, I took, took, I took a visit. That's, I've been to Columbia. I but love he, it. He's, he's buried in the lead. Your mom was there getting your PhD, correct? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So you want to follow her footsteps? Nah, man. I, I took a visit up there. Okay. I took a visit up there, but you can't beat California, dude. I hear you. you can't beat I hear I'm a West Coast kid, so. Yeah. So, Lee we have two Cleveland Browns quarterbacks yeah, we on do. the set here. Yeah. And, uh, DTR, you'll be happy to know I'm a Steelers fan. You started, <laughs> you started, I don't know against, about happy. You started against the Steelers. Yeah. And you got a big win against them. How did your rookie year play out? Because I remember watching you in the preseason and you were going crazy. I, you were going off. And I said, one of the things, because I covered the draft as well, I was I watched you at UCLA and I, I said he does a lot of things well. I'd like to see him maybe throw a little bit more anticipation. And weeks one, two, and three of the preseason, you look like 
CJ Stroud at some <laughs> point. And I, I was incredibly impressed with the way your season unfolded. What did you take away from that and the learning process and the ups and downs? Yeah, man, I think the biggest thing for me, and, you know, everybody talks about my Ravens game and that first start I got in there and thrown into the fire. Uh, for me, that was the biggest busting of my whole season. That was my defining moment for me uh, for my rookie year. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, those two guys on the other side of the ball and, and Patrick and uh, Roquan, uh, two of the best linebackers I've, I've ever faced. Um, and like I said, they taught me a lot about not only the league, but about myself and my playing style and how I can how I can work on things. So I'm always curious just your development and learning the offense, right? Yep. You looked phenomenal in the preseason. I think it gave everyone kind of a hint of like, hey, you've got this under your belt. Then you get in the regular season, it's a little different, right? right? Game planning week to week, how different that can change. But you had a guy who obviously had NFL roots too with Chip Kelly at UCLA. So just talk to me about, I guess, your transition and what that was like once you got in there and were playing. Yeah, so I mean, I came in a fifth round rookie. Yeah. Um, you know, we got Deshaun. Um, at the time, we had two other guys in the room. Um, so I wasn't getting a lot of reps, right? So the mental side of things, it really taught me that, you know, that's going to be the most important thing for you. It's not the physical reps and the practice reps, but um, being able to take it in the back, take it from the classroom out to the practice field, even if you're not getting those reps physically, um, just being able to hone in on, like I said, your skill set, your job, what you got to do on a day-in and day-out basis um, to be able to perform still on Sundays. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what the preseason taught me for sure. Yeah. DTR, coming into the league, and Brady, you can attest to this, we always have that rookie moment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what was your rookie moment this season for the Cleveland Browns? Shoot. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I, I mean, I'd probably have to say the Steelers game. Um, just thank, to, thank, thanks for that. <laughs> just the uh, just the camaraderie I got from my teammates, yeah. my coaches. Uh, I feel like the the level of respect that I earned yeah. in the building. Um, I think that was probably my biggest takeaway from that game for sure. So you played with a lot of dudes in Las Vegas. Like Seth Tillman was your teammate, I believe. Yep. And one of the guys coming out in this draft, I think, was two years younger than you, uh, Roma Dunze. Yep. Did you get a chance to play with him? I did. I did. He was on the senior team um, I when I had uh, Cedric Tillman, Brevin Jordan, uh, Jalen Naylor. Good Lord. All, all receivers. Are <laughs> Jalen Naylor was on that team. Wow. That's right. All receivers and tight ends that's going to be in the league now. So let me ask you about Roma Dunze because he has a chance to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. Did he, was he a late bloomer or was he physical <laughs> then back in the day? Um, I wouldn't say he was a late bloomer, but you just heard the guys I named. So yeah. <laughs> and he was playing that, that with those pie, guys. That pie is only yeah. so much. Um, but, yeah, at the time he was a young buck, so uh, he kind of got the short end of the stick of things. But, um, no, we always knew Rome had talent. Uh, we always knew he was going to be special, especially when he got his opportunity in college. So no so. surprises with Wade oh, no, this Oh, no, oh, no. And you said you said you think he's going to be a top ten pick. I think he should be. So. Absolutely. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. I got to ask you about Joe Flacco. I mean, obviously the quarterback. <laughs> just talk to me about the quarterback room in general. It's obviously a unique place, a unique environment. You guys have a, a certain camaraderie and chemistry. But right. talk to me about when Joe got in there, like the old man in the room and like, no, however they kind sure. of went on the rest of the way. What did you learn from him? Yeah, yeah I mean – First, I want to start by saying Joe is a phenomenal person um, on top of being a phenomenal quarterback and MVP and all that. Um, but, man, I learned so much from him. I mean, just the the first time he got there when we first signed him uh, and he's taking practice squad reps and doing 7-on-7, he's lighting our defense up at practice. And I'm just in awe because I'm a fan of quarterbacks. So, um, right then and there, I, I mean, I fell into just falling or asking him questions, um, watching film afterwards and beforehand. Uh, he, he taught me a lot about the game. Not only 
just asking him questions, but watching him and how he carries himself too. So, yeah. so going from Joe Flacco, I want to talk about your head coach. I yep. want you to be his marketing agent right now. <laughs> One, oh, that's should easy. Kevin Stefanski be head coach of the year? And two, explain why. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. It's 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 written all year. We've gone through injuries. He's he's been put in a bunch of situations, um, and he's made the most out of them. Uh, he's put his players in position like myself uh, to win football games and uh, we did it at a high level this year obviously we came up short in the end but uh, man, I, I couldn't have asked for a better head coach can you talk a little bit about CJ Stroud because you faced the yeah. Texans twice you beat them late in the season week 16 he didn't play in that game and then in the playoffs he was playing out of his mind and he had a lot of answers for a Jim Schwartz defense that very right. few teams had answers for we saw him week one against the Ravens and he he looked lost and that's just reality and then something clicked were you surprised with the way he played or were you not surprised or what did you take away from what he was able to do from across the field no man I wasn't surprised at all um, like you said he struggled a little bit in the beginning um, but again it, I feel like it's more so a credit to, you know, the guys around him, yep. his coaching staff, uh, the way he's developed. Um, and he's taking all that and run with it. It's the same thing with Brock Purdy and those guys. And what I'm trying to aspire to be um, is to be able to take an opportunity and really run with it. And I think he's done that at a high level this year for sure. Absolutely. All right. You got something, Brady? Go ahead. Well, I was say, we got to get his prediction right for the game. Yeah, don't we oh, man. Before we do that, <laughs> we're going to play a little game for social. I got Ruben Palacios. So, listen, we want to create the perfect offense. And you can pick. I'm going to give you the categories, quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, and tight end. No Browns players, so you don't have to go back and Ooh. answer questions about that. Oh, man. So we'll start with tight end. We'll, we'll go reverse order. So if you could have Ooh. any tight end any in the tight league. End. Uh, and I can't pick a Browns player. Can't no Browns I can't pick my pro bowler, man. And, and no Brendan uh, Jordan. You, don't, you can't get teammates from high school. Right, no, you I'm can't a, take I'm a Joko, go, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with the one in the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with Kelsey. Okay. Kelsey. Okay. I'm going to go with Kelsey. Right. You okay now, with all that? Now, is that because you maybe want to meet like Taylor yeah. Swift at some point? <laughs> oh, <or>? man. <laughs> you I, I ain't going to say all that. Not on, at least not on TV. <laughs> <laughs> all right, two wide receivers. Any wide receivers you want. Mm. Who do you want to be throwing to? Um, shoot. If I'm the OC... I want uh, – let me get Jamar from the Bengals. Nice. And then uh, let me get Jay Jettas. Let me do the LSU combo. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, it it worked for Joe Burrow. Exactly. They got chemistry <laughs> together already. We should be straight. All right. Running back. Ooh. Um, uh, that's a tough one. Let me see. I want to go with I want to go with Pacheco because I like how he run. He run Angry. hard and nasty. Someone said he um, ran like a little kid trying on shoes. Oh man! I think Nate Burleson said that. I, yeah. I think he said that. Uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Pacheco. That's not okay. a bad one, man. Okay. He runs Angry. Go back. Yeah. All right, QB. No Browns QB, so you can't get yourself. You can't mm. hand one out to Joe Flacco mm. or Deshaun. Um. Shoot, I know he didn't play this year, but let me go with A-Rod. Let me go with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, okay. He's staying with the West Coast, though. He's staying with the West Coast. All right. Brady Brady beat me to the question. Who do you like in the in the Super Bowl, this matchup, Super Bowl 58? Uh, let me ask you this first. Who did you grow up rooting for? So I was a St. Louis Rams fan. Okay. Oh, okay. I was throwing it back. Yeah. Oh, my, okay. my, uh, my, so you were probably like British on turf, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. through that at that time? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So you don't have a dog in this fight. So who do you oh, like? No. Oh, no. But um, shoot, let's go with the uh, – See if he holds to the AFC allegiance. Uh, see, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to see. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. I, I, I think it'll be a close game, though. Uh, but, again, Mahomes has been in these situations. I, I like a guy that's been there with experience before. So You, know you, got, a, you got a score prediction? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, I hate doing score predictions because it, I feel like it's going to be a high-scoring game, though. I okay. feel like it's going to be a high-scoring game. I almost don't even want to ask players about anything in regards to that yeah. just because of old betting thing. So, oh, yeah, that is true. You pick <laughs> the Chiefs, good enough for me. High <laughs> score. All right, let's move on. I don't know what they can or cannot do anymore. Yeah. So That's true. Yeah. By the way, you know Patrick Mahomes is good. When, with his shirt off, he looks like me. So that's a, that's a good way to go. <laughs> that, that, uh, that, that, that two-pack, I mean, that was tough. All right, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, shout-out to Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you for joining us here on set here at Super Bowl 58 at the Bellagio. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about those quarterbacks, Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, right after this. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Here's a comforting thought, 49ers fans. San Francisco's offense is absolutely stacked. The Niners were the first team since the 2004 Colts to have a 4,000-yard passer and four players with over 1,000 yards from scrimmage in one season. Brock Purdy threw the ball for 4,000 yards and led in yards per attempt. Christian McCaffrey led the league in rushing. Debo Samuel led the league in yards after catch per reception. Brandon Ayuk led the league in first down percentage. And George Kittle led all tight ends in yards per catch. So the 49ers should have a ton of ways to move the ball and score points. And that's got to feel pretty good. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast here at the Bellagio. Stream wall-to-wall coverage with our CBS Sports HQ team of hosts, insiders, and analysts as they tackle the biggest storylines, interview the game's brightest stars, and keep you up to date with the latest betting odds and much more leading up to the best Sunday of the year, Super Bowl 58 here in Las Vegas. All right, boys, we are back. Brady Quinn, Lee J. Doosbel, Will Brenson. Talking quarterbacks. And look, look, this ain't going to be a long conversation. I think we know where the quarterback <laughs> discussion is going to go. Uh, so, Brinson, I'll ask you first. If you're picking – and shout-out to Brock Purdy. He was in the MVP conversation long yes, into the season. for sure. And I'm not trying to, to slight him, but let's be real. If, if you combined, like, Sam Donald and Brock Purdy, I don't know how you would combine them. I don't, like, it, like – even the best traits wouldn't be better than like like Mahomes like or twins. Is that yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, have, they have four arms. They can throw two passes at once. Oh, okay. Still All right, wouldn't so, uh, be there. So uh, let's let's do this. Brady, I'll come to you first. Yes. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes or or, uh, or Brock Purdy? It's Patrick think? Mahomes for me, Ryan. Okay, uh, thank you, sir. Look, we can talk about the experience, the talent, Hot the take. ability, everything else. Uh, it, the reality is, is he is the best quarterback in the game. If he wins this Super Bowl, he's going to be viewed as one of the best all time. Probably should be already viewed that way. Correct. Based on what he's done since he's taken over starting. So, to me, um, I, I just appreciate how his games developed. Yeah. He's become a guy who can carry a team, can make the special play. To now that realize he doesn't have to but when called upon he can and will yep. so uh we're very all blessed to be able to watch this just young man play and i think he's in for a big day on sunday yeah it's patrick mahomes i don't even think this is up for a debate 14 playoff wins and the kid's not even 30 yet brady you talked about it the maturation of patrick mahomes where earlier in his career he had to put on the cape right and had to do it all and we saw last year even in that second half it was almost a shootout between the philadelphia eagles well this year he's learned with the championship type defense that he can just take what the defense is giving him and me and brady had this discussion 
discussion the other day. I think the biggest goal for him is not forcing things down the field. Like some of his biggest yep. plays we talked about yeah. in the AFC title game was just taking the sack and letting the clock run for 40 seconds. Like we saw earlier in the season versus Denver Broncos where he struggled in that in that avenue where he would throw the ball down the field and throw interceptions. Well, we've seen the growth the last few weeks in the playoffs. So it's Patrick Mahomes. It's not even up for debate. It's interesting because, you know, when Tom Brady was playing with the Patriots early in his career, you could argue that he was maybe even a game manager. Correct. Um, I also think you could say that the NFL changed the rules for offenses because of Bill Belichick's defense. Well, NFL defenses have changed the way they approach the game because of Patrick Mahomes. Like yeah. the, 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 the rise of the cover two shell, shell yeah. has been like almost entirely because of Mahomes and Josh Allen, their ability to push the ball down the field. Yep. He's the Steph Curry of the NFL. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, if you look at, too, the way I think young kids play the game, they're, they're all trying to mimic Patrick Mahomes, the no-look throws, the cross-body throws, the, the things that we were always told, like, that's a cardinal sin. Right, you yeah. do not do that. They've opened that up now. And, and I think just it goes to show you, I think, what he's done for this game so far. I have a little kingpin thing going on there. <laughs> <laughs> it, looked like, it looks like a bird nestled <laughs> at one point in your hair. But, but to your I was point, trying to lay an egg. To your point, heads Brady, <laughs> do, do you think that's a detriment to the game because of no. how he plays? No. A lot of people said the same thing about Steph Curry. Like, everybody, I, the fundamentals I, I, I have gone the, out the, the window. The detriment is for young quarterbacks coming into the league is that's the expectation or that's the measuring stick. Like, good yeah. luck. Because, I mean, because his first year starting, he was an MVP through 50 touchdowns. Correct. And then he's never really looked back. So, that's the tough part. Yeah. You know, is, is he was put in a perfect situation yep. yeah. to be where he's at now. And, and he's excelled and he's obviously run with it. But it's it, I think it's a detriment to every young quarterback. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we just had DTR up here. Hey, try to be Patrick Mahomes. Hey, try to be the next guy. Good he, luck. Mahomes is basically like two plays away from going to six straight Super Bowls to start his career. Yeah. That's outrageous. Insane. All right, let's talk about wide receivers, the guys that the quarterbacks will be throwing the ball to. Uh, we'll start on on the uh, San Francisco side of things. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And we have this conversation every day, I feel like, about who's the most important player on, on that San Francisco offense. Uh, Lejay, I'll ask you. Yeah. How – I mean, we talked about the fit for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I don't know what that would look like if he had these playmakers. But how has that helped Brock Purdy in your mind? And, and I, let me ask you, who's the – I think Ayuk has gotten so much better as a route runner, but who's the most effective player in this offense for Kyle Shanahan, Ayuk or Debo? That's a good question. T to me, Debo Samuel is the heartbeat of this team, right? We saw coming out in the second half versus the Detroit Lions when they were down by 17, that in-breaking route, and you saw the energy that Debo Samuel had, right? It kind of ignited this team. So I would say Debo's probably more important. I would say Brandon Ayuk is a better pure receiver than him. And when you look at Debo, right, and perfect nickname, I know you guys have all seen the movie Friday, like – Brady, he makes defenders make business decisions, kind of like Debo in the movie. <laughs> right. Riding around with his bike, everybody's running away. Here comes Debo, here comes Debo. What's on safeties in the NFL make business decisions when Debo catches the ball yeah. over the middle of the field? He turns into a running back. So, to me, Debo Samuel is probably the most important player when you talk about receivers, right? I think Christian McCaffrey overall is the most important player on this team. But Debo Samuel is the most important receiver because he's the heartbeat. He's kind of the tone setter on that all. Offense. I'll quickly say this. Look, I think we will all agree San Francisco has the edge of wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, yes. I love how Brandon Ayuk has continued to develop. And to your point about him being probably the more traditional wide receiver in this offense, you can almost make the case he's a bit more valuable, too, only because they have so many other versatile players yeah. like Debo. Because Christian McCaffrey can do a lot. Kittle can do a lot. Yusha yeah. can do a lot. So because of that, you almost have to have, though, that number one guy you can hang your hat on. Brandon Ayuk has been that. He's really developed himself into that in that big play receiver for him. Yeah. Uh, and so to that point, you know, 
it doesn't matter which one you want to pick before the other. They have different roles within this offense. I think what it highlights, though, with Debo is the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan is showcased because of his versatility. Well, and I think when you talk about the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan, you talk about the differences between Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Like, let's give credit, in the same way Andy Reid deserves credit for it, too, for building around Patrick Mahomes. Kyle Shanahan deserves credit for going and getting these guys specifically designed to complement each other around Brock Purdy. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel all do different things. Yeah. I think you know, Ayuk is, again, more of a traditional guy. The other three guys are unicorns when it comes to, like, their position. And But, I mean, all those guys together combine to really form this nucleus of skill position guys that make Brock Purdy the perfect point guard in the offense. Look, you have five eligible guys to throw to, right? Yeah. yeah. You're trying to build your starting five like an NBA team. Each one of those players on NBA team, at least back in the day, yeah. used to have kind of more of a design-specific role. That's what you get within the Kyle Shanahan offense. So who's, the, who's the power forward? Kittle. Kittle, yeah. Kittle, for check. sure. I mean, however you want to look yeah. at it. Who's, so who's small forward sh- shooting guard? Uh, I would say... McCaffrey, which is more of the point, he's going to yeah. touch the ball yeah. more. Oh, Debo, yeah. okay. I think, is more of the shooting guard. Oh, okay. really? I put Ayuk to me at small forward. Okay. And then you've got your, your bruisers, your big guys, the well, Juszczyk. I, I would flip it. I think Debo is more of the small forward because he's more versatile, right? Okay. And then Brennan Ayuk is more of the traditional receiver, so he's a spot up. I think Purdy's the point guard. No, no, no. The quarterback's not in the conversation. You build your five pass catchers with, you, with you the various a, roles. You would be a shooting for shoot first point guard. Hey, you? Brady, let me I ask was a you small this. Forward, so. <laughs> I was going to make a Hoosier joke, but it didn't come to me. So, <laughs> let me ask you this, Jimmy Chipwood. Uh, let's talk about Rasheed Rice. Pick a fence, okay? Because I want to ask you as a, as a quarterback the progress he made yeah. coming in over the from the start of the season. Legion and I saw him at the Senior Bowl. Yep. I didn't love him. He wasn't creating the separation that we see now. He's gotten so much better. And when you're a quarterback, being able to rely on a rookie to be where you need him to be at this point seems pretty important. No, it's incredibly important. And, and even more so, like, look, working its man-to-man coverage, it's something that I think as you get in the NFL, you kind of it, it's not necessarily a learned trait. It's just understanding, like, the difference of how physical the DBs are going to be, how to work on your releases, how to use your hands, and getting a feel for the sense of timing. But they're not going to see a ton of that from San Francisco. Right. So really the next step of development and what's harder is understanding zone coverage and the windows within them. Yep. Usually it takes a while for wide receivers to say like, hey, out of this cut, I need to be aware of where the football because it's coming into this window. And if it's not, I got to extend to the next window right. and having a feel for that or understanding how to throttle down. They don't every wide receiver when they're young and they're fast, right? They, they, they run, they go to the combine, they run a 4 three forty. They want to show everyone how fast they are. The game's not always played like that. Yep. Those windows sometimes you can run through when you're running too right. fast through it. And that's why a guy like Debo Samuels, who runs what a four-five, yeah. high four-five. Yes, that's right. But he's still a lot fi- faster. Yeah. He plays. Well, he plays at that speed though. Yeah. But that speed works to find those zone winners. His development and being having a better feel for zone coverage, I think, is what he's allowed this offense to excel throwing the football. And that's what he's going to face on Sunday versus San Francisco. All right, quickly. Well, by, by the way, just a third receiver in Andy Reid as a first year in Andy Reid's system to go over 750 yards. All right, give me a name. Yeah. You taking or the group? You taking San Francisco? Oh, San Francisco. San Francisco. All right. All right. Let's talk about these running backs here, and we're going to talk about navigating storms. <laughs> presented by America's Navy Reserve. All right. We mentioned Chris McCaffrey. <laughs> this is pretty simple, right? <laughs> <laughs> this should be. I mean, this if, is if, like if, a quarterback if you, if you do 
the backfield. Like, just do the, do the best. Christian McCaffrey and, 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 and you said. This, this, this should be faster than the quarterback competition. Yes. <laughs> DTR. DTR won Pacheco. Well, I also want to give him a nudge like, hey, man, McCaffrey. don't forget about C-Mac. I almost said, like, CMC playing in this game. player of the year. I think that's one of those things where he he couldn't get the wheels turning, which often happens yeah. to me, and yeah, he I went mean, with. I get it. We put him on the spot. That's our right. fault. I mean, CMC, CMC was a more a more of a realistic candidate to win MVP than for sure. He was. All right. He's going to win Offensive Player of the Year. He should. Yeah. That was my lock of the year before the season. Was it really? Oh, I like you that. got one right. Eleven to one. I got one right. <laughs> what? That's good. That's good. It's been a long season. Oh, it's been a long. It's been a long year. That's about as right one week though. You oh. did the impossible. Oh, and 13. Oh, and 13 against the spread is incredible. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know you about it. Do that, or you can do that in 100 years if you tried. I know. <laughs> right. And right did it in 2024. Wow. Here, here's the, the most predictable thing about that. I didn't know anything about it because I don't pay attention to the picks. I'm, I'm not an expert picker. I get a text from Pete Prisco laughing at me. And then he, he proceeded to tell me what happened. All right. Wow. Shout out to Christian McCaffrey for winning that. We're going to talk about tight ends now. Ooh. And this is where things get interesting. And, Jay, I'll come to you first. Yeah. We talked about this on the Pick 6 podcast earlier in the week. I think the answer is obvious, but maybe we'll, we'll deliberate on it a little bit more. Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? Mm. You made a face. I didn't make a face. I lean towards Kelsey, right? But George Kittle, to me, is the most complete tight end in the NFL currently right now. But when you look at what Travis Kelsey has done in his career, right, number one in receptions in playoff history, right, number two in receiving yards in playoff history. And we were talking about Rasheed Rice and understanding zone. I mean, no tight end does it better than Travis Kelsey. And, Brady, we talked about this. We just could not believe Baltimore allowed him free access in the AFC Championship game in the first half. Like, not getting your hands on him at the line of scrimmage is a death sentence, yep. right? I, I guarantee Steve Wilkes has been talking about this with his defense all week long. Even if it's run plays, just fester Travis Kelsey because for some reason in the playoffs, he just turns into another guy that Patrick Mahomes already has a great rapport with, but he seems unstoppable because I know people were saying Kyle Hamilton, you know, the Ravens got Kyle Hamilton. I think that pissed off Travis Kelsey because he's like, nobody's guarding me one-on-one. Right. You could tell that he took it to heart. And even if they mugged him at the line, he'd probably just shake it off and uh, you know, go out there and, and catch the ball anyway. Too, so. <laughs> well, they don't, yeah, we don't start any bad blood, but no, yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. Um, look, you're a mastermind of those things. Uh, yeah, I, I, let me ask you this, Brady. Would like realistically, obviously, they would say this if they were if they were answering at the podium. But don't do you think that Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid would actually choose their respective tight ends over the other one because Ooh. of the system? It's a great question, really. Um, Maybe, but, you know, again, that's not really the reality we live in because I think Travis Kelsey could do a lot of the things Kittle does. Now, he's not going to maybe be able to block as well. Right. Yeah. But that's sort of, yeah. There might be some things he could do down the field in the passing game a little better. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kyle Shanahan would love Travis no, Kelsey. And, and yeah. I think this is a very, very close matchup between the two because yeah. of their differences. Yes. Right? Because if we are really looking at your traditional, you know, wide tight end, blocking tight end, you'd give the edge to Kelsey, Kittle. or excuse me, to Kittle in yeah. the sense of yeah. his, his blocking ability. Uh, but as far as pass catching and this is such a passing game you have to give the edge to Kelsey yeah I think the funny thing about how we keep talking about how he always gets open is I, I think honestly I don't know that Patrick Mahomes knows where he's going to be all the time no, he doesn't. Oh, no. because I, I think, think he breaks style. off routes oh, and he yeah. says I know he's going to be in a soft spot of the zone at some point and I know I can look them off and just turn back and find him. Kel- yeah. Kelsey actually said on, on his podcast New Heights he was saying he goes you know maybe I should like follow those lines that Big Red draws a little bit more often which t- tells you like that's it's crazy that Andy Reid gives him so much free Freedom. in this offensive system, and, but it works perfectly in concert with Mahomes. And it's yeah. why, I'm, if you're Steve Wilkes, 
you have to come out of your comfort zone of playing so much zone. Yeah. You got to put two guys on and mug him at the hey, last scrimmage. Too much because, zero though, because Kyle will call you out. <laughs> that, that's fine. That happened earlier this year. I'm, I'm, my whole thing is you have to find a way of disrupting him because if you play a man to man, he's probably going to beat whoever you're, he's matched up against. Yeah. So you got to almost put two guys on him the whole time, and then and ask Rishi Rice to beat you. Make Rishi yeah. Rice beat and you. Make, Isaiah, you and make Isaiah Pacheco, and then the running game beat you for sure. If you okay. do that game plan, that's a winning game plan yep. for San Francisco. Well, yeah, I thought it was interesting last week the Ravens the second half. I know you said the Chiefs got a little bit more conservative, but they also got more physical with Kelsey at the line of scrimmage, even in zone, even zone blitzes, right? We saw Patrick Queen hit him, and then there was times, right? Get a they chippy. Would, yeah, we saw that times when they were going zone, and they dropped Calvin Noy under him, and then they have a corner on top of him. So, I think Steve Wilkes would look at that and maybe implement some of that and play a little bit more man coverage, which the 49ers actually did in the second half versus the Detroit Lions. Now, Josh Reynolds had some it drops. Did, it, it, it didn't work yeah, out Josh Reynolds had some drops, which saved them, but he did mix it up and play a little bit more man in the second half. By, by, the, by the way, the, the one thing that's sort of been undersold here is like, Four years ago, you know, you're talking about defensive coordinators. Yeah. I mean, Steve Wilkes is a great coach. People love him. But I, you do wonder if there's a bit of a drop-off there in terms of the defense. And, and now you're dealing with a Mahomes, like an evolved Mahomes. All right, that's a great segue because after the break, we're going to talk Lige Duesbel's side of the ball. Mm. A little defense. Lige, get warmed up. Oh, yeah. Pick 6 Podcast here. Okay, well. Founds of the Bellagio. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast here on CBS Sports HQ. Allegiant Stadium, home of the Las Vegas Raiders during the regular season. Home of Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. Going to talk offensive line real quick, boys, before we get to Lee J's defense here. Who has the edge? All I need is one word answer. Joe Tooney's going to be out. The left guard, that's a concern. Wolfpack sign there for our guy Will Brinson. Uh, Brady, I'll come to you. Who has the edge? Kansas City, it's slight, though. Ooh. Ooh. It's With Tony being out? Yes, Allegretti's played well on a spot, and I uh, the tackles have played better since they got into the postseason. Lee J, what do you got? I'm going 49ers because Tony's out. I think Allegretti has played well. I think he struggled a little bit against Justin Matabike, but he's an all-pro. Um, but the tackles have struggled now. They've played a little bit better in the playoffs. But Aaron Banks, the, the left guard for the 49ers, has not given up a sack this year. So I think you got to pair him with Trent Williams. I'll give the edge to the 49ers. The right side's a concern, I'll, though. Yeah. I'll go slight 49ers because the only offensive line and I love more than Joe Tooney and Garrett Bradbury is Trent Williams. All right, now, Lee J, you got your track shoes on. We're going to oh, talk yeah. a little defense here. I'll let you take the floor here. Okay. Defensive line, it's going to talk who has the edge, of course. Nick Bosa on one side. Correct. Chris Jones on the other. This is a lot closer than people most probably would think if you just look on paper at the two defensive lines. I'm going to get an edge to the 49ers. You talked about it, Nick Bosa. Ten sacks already as a 49er, which is most in the 49ers history. When you look at what they also have up front, Javon Hargrave has been a perennial uh, all-pro they, uh, pro bowler. They need him to have a big game this week. Eric Armstead, former first-round pick, has played really well as well. And then Chase Young has actually saw a dip in performance since he's come over from the Commanders, but played a lot better against the run in that second half versus the Detroit Lions. I'd say it's close because when you look at that team and what Chris Jones has done, like he's been a man possessing. George Office double-digit sacks this year. He's been under the radar really good as well, but I give the edge to the 49ers. Brady, what do you think? 49ers too. Brinson? Uh, Chiefs have the best player. 49ers have the best line. All right, Brinson, I'll come back to you. Ooh. 
Uh, I'm going to let Brady talk with the DBs here because he has to throw against those guys. You're the linebacker of our Pick 6 podcast today. So let's start with Fred Warner. And uh, we have Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. But, I mean, I think the conversation begins and ends with Fred Warner. Yeah, Warner. I mean, I think you give the, the edge to the Niners here. Fred Warner. Yeah. 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 Well, Jay, Pretty you're going to forget Drake Greenlaw? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Drake Greenlaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the edge is the 49ers for sure. 49ers. Yeah. 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 No Drew, Drew, Drew Tranquil shout out there? No, he's played well. He's played really he's well. He's played well. Absolutely. And obviously, in a place of Willie Game. And, and look, I, again, on an underscore, the linebacker play for KC has been good. Yeah. yeah. But still, the, the, Dre, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are two of the best. <laughs> the you talk about a man possessed. Dre Greenlaw yeah, is playing. For as sure. Our buddy Rick Spillman says, look, his hair's on fire. All right, uh, Brady, I'll come to you because you got to throw against the DBs here. Trent McDuffie, that draft class was insane two years ago for the Chiefs. Justin Reed, Lajarius Sneed, Chavarius Ward, who played on both sides. Josh Williams, Fayetteville State. Watson, too. You can throw him in there. Jalen Watson. And Deshaun Gibson. So, who has the edge? Casey. Look, I think think they can do more defensively. You don't have to have as many concerns. They can match up. Lajarius Sneed can match up with Brandon Ayuk. You can put Trent McDuffie on Debo Samuel in the slot. I I think Steve Spagnuolo probably feels more comfortable with the way this roster matches up with what they're going to see from San Francisco and really the way they've looked all year long. The strength of their team has been up front and their secondary and the way these two have really played together. So, I, I I think it's hands down, at least what we've seen too in the postseason thus far, Kansas City. San Francisco's been thrown on. They've yeah, had a yeah. lot of issues, man. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and like, shout out to Brett Veach and Andy Reid, too, and, and the man. entire front office, because you trade Tyreek Hill. People have been, people were talking halfway through this season, oh, did the Chiefs lose the Tyreek Hill trade? No, they won a Super Bowl, and they're back in another one, <laughs> yeah. and they re, they built this defense on the back of this Tyreek Hill trade. Yeah. Yeah. Bring this full circle. With, oh, go ahead, Lee. Yeah, when you look at the secondary, I'll, I'll take it one step further, Brady. I don't think they just have the edge in this. I think this is the best secondary in football. When you look at Trent oh, McDuffie yeah. being an All-Pro, I think Lajarius Sneed should have been an All-Pro too. I mean, he didn't give up his first touchdown, Brady, to that divisional round game yep. versus the Buffalo Bills. And then Watson coming in and Williams coming in at corner when McDuffie slides in. And then Justin Reed, I mean, he's like weapon X for them on defense. He's able to line up middle field safety lineup in the linebacker position. Brady, they put him on the edge sometimes. Yep. So he does so much for Steve Spagnola's defense. I thought he played at a Pro Bowl level as well. So I don't even think this is close. I think they have the best secondary in and that brings it full circle. Steve Spagnuolo, best defense coordinator ever. I thought producer Lucas was joking. We're going to take a quick break. And in honor of our guy, Jim, uh, John Breach, we're going to talk special teams. All right. We'll do that next, producer Lucas, right after this. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast here from the fountains of the Bellagio. Thought we were going to have a scene because it's a fun fact. Right back there, spoof wedding for Lijay Doosable. So if yeah, you're in town, check that, it out. Huh? Oh, yeah. It was fun, man. Uh, a lot of fun. We got two and a half minutes, Lijay. So. I know, I know. <laughs> Alan from Hangover <laughs> was the one that proceeded over our wedding. Very All right, cool. Not the real one. Shout out to you, by the way. W. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sure uh, shout out to our colleague and special teams correspondent here at the Pick 6 Podcast, John Breach, for putting together these uh, the edges to uh, – the kicker position will start there. I'll read them out, and you can react, or you yeah. can just give me the Pete Prisco wave when it talks about special teams. He gave the edge to the kicker to the Chiefs, which I think makes sense. Harrison yeah, Buckner versus Jake close. Moody. That works. That works. Struggle a little bit. Yeah. The punter position, Tommy Townsend with that great head of hair in Wisnoski. For sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah Wisnoski. He went with... Tommy Townsend. Townsend. Got, okay, got Townsend makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Should be a clean sweep there, yeah. yeah. By the way, fun fact, Harrison Bucker had a 3.86 GPA in industrial engineering at Georgia Tech. Mm. Yeah. Why do you know that? I don't know. 
Weird facts that Will Brinson knows. I talked to him the combine, <laughs> and that's why we love you, Will. Yeah, he, I talked to him the combine when he was coming out. So he doesn't. He doesn't have to play in the NFL. He could do something else. That's right. He could be. <laughs> Brady Quinn getting shout-outs as we uh, finish the show here. And finally, and you're exactly right, you, you uh, read the tea leaves, Brady. The return unit is, of Ooh. course, the Chiefs. And in the time we have left, and we talked about this on the Pick 6 podcast, that CJ, could be a toss -up. I want you to tell your story on the return team about the person you hit the hardest in 30 <laughs> seconds or less. Because we're talking return, yeah. and return yeah. isn't as important as it was, but this story is crazy. Yeah, we had a trap block when I was at Jacksonville on kick return, and Sean Lee was L5. People don't know. that's He's right there literally on the hash left side, down, left side, fifth guy in. Fifth guy in. <laughs> and he didn't see me coming, Rye and Brady, and I literally – Knocked him over. We, we had things called jack cameras for guys that did that. Not only did I do it once, I did it twice in that game. Felt kind of bad because I had to carry him up the field the second time. Oh, hey, you should feel bad about that. Yeah. All right. Head on swivel. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they need to bring back the Oklahoma drill, right? It, 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 it taught you some lessons for special teams, all right? Yes. It made a lot of basketball players, too. <laughs> that is true. All right, this, this segment has been brought to you by Sean Lee's Health. Sean, I hope you're doing well. That's God, it. That's a wrap geez. for CBS Sports HQ here. The Pick 6 Podcast coming to you live from Bellagio. For Brady, Tyron Quinn, Lee J, the legend, Doosable. Robert William Brinson. I'm Ryan Wilson. Thank you, guys. We'll see you back here tomorrow.